What's up, pals? This is Chris Sampson, and welcome to episode 62 of the Super Nerd Pals podcast. This week, we have special guest and eternal friend of the show, Ryan, to come on to talk about some fun but also serious topics related to MCU, Doctor Strange, and all the shenanigans that are going on at Nintendo in the last few weeks. The format of the show is shorter and a little bit different than usual. This is because prior to recording this, we recorded an hour and a half long show of Anime is Weird. That's right, episode 4 of Anime is Weird is coming out this Friday. So that's why this episode is a little bit shorter than usual. Also, this is the reason why Andy's not on the show this episode. He had to turn in early for the night after recording Anime is Weird. But it's still a great episode, we had some great discussions, and you won't have to wait too long for amazing content, because Friday, again, our fourth episode of Anime is Weird, where we talk about Pillow Boys, or Makara no Danshi, comes out, and it's a powerhouse heavy heater, and we can't wait for you guys to listen to it. Alright pals, thanks so much, and enjoy the episode. What's up, pals? Thanks for tuning in. This is Super Nerd Pals, episode 62. I'm one of your hosts, Stan Gadurski. And I'm your other host for today, Chris Sampson. And joining us in the booth, in the lab, special <laughs> guest, Ryan. What's up? Hi. Hey, yo. Ryan's joining us this week because she is also joining us on this week's episode of well, this month's episode of Anime is Weird. Woo! Woo! And I had a super awesome time doing that. Yeah, it was a it was it was a weird episode, and it's three times as long as a normal episode. <laughs> because of that, this week's episode of Super Nerd Pals is going to be super short. But don't worry about that because in just a couple days we're going to come back at you with the hour and a half long episode of Anime is Weird. We get we got real weird. We argue a little bit about our favorite anime boys. It's going to be wild. So It's intense. It's intense. <laughs> so this episode of Super Nerd Pals, we're going to talk a little bit about Nintendo and a little bit about the MCU because Civil War is coming up. We got some movies that we want to, that we're excited about watching in the MCU and we got some discussions and concerns about Nintendo and its future. And so that's what we're going to do. Chris, hit me with the news flash. Danchies. Danchies everywhere. No pillow boys. You win. Anyway, so for our newsflash, Captain America Civil War, it was released about five days ago in international overseas markets, and it's been selling like gangbusters. In the matter of five days, it has made around $200.2 million. So yeah, that's it's doing really, really well in the box office. And it's been getting amazing reviews around social media. And then I think on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a, like a 97 or 98% ratings. I mean, if you believe in Rotten Tomatoes, sometimes they can be really biased. Um, but yeah, universally, people are saying it's the best Marvel movie to date. Really? Which is really exciting. Yeah. But it also makes me a little suspicious when people are like, best mo- best movie ever. I'm like, uh, uh, 
It just it makes it makes me nervous when people say that. Yeah, I want to reserve my judgment. Yeah. I thought it kind of interesting because you had Batman versus Superman, which is basically like superhero, superhero, punchy, punchy, get together. <laughs> you also have Civil War, which is the same thing. But the reactions could not be more polar opposites. On record for our for this show, all the S&P boys here really, really liked Batman versus Superman. Ryan, actually, how did, did you see the movie? I, I haven't seen it yet because... I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about it. Everyone's like, you have to see it for XYZ reasons, and then it ties into, like, Suicide Squad or whatever. And I I don't know. I just haven't heard enough good about it for me to, like, run to my computer, run out, and go see it in theaters. Like, I really haven't. And that it's so disheartening to me because I love both of these universes. So, I mean... You can spoil it. I don't care. I'll see it at some point. I'm promising myself that, but I just haven't... I'm not as compelled to see it as I am um, Civil War. It's uh, it's it's good, weird. Try it. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> All right. I mean, I just... Again, I haven't heard enough good for me to be like, I must go see it. At this point, you could probably wait for the for the release for like... Probably, the and I probably will. <laughs> Or if um, that supposed three-hour cut that they're trying to bring back to theaters. Because the original one was... Well, the original, original cut was four hours long. They cut it down to like two and a half. But now there's chatter of one, of them wanting to bring back a three-hour cut. Well, you guys saw it. Is it worth it to sit through a three-hour cut of that movie? I really liked Superman, uh, Batman v Superman, so I would probably watch the three-hour cut. But I don't think I'd see it more than once, just because I, you know, if it's That's... if it's unless it's Star Wars, I'm not gonna watch the same movie like a hundred times. Oh, so. I pre-ordered that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, I would see, I would like to see what deleted scenes were taken out of it and put within. The continuity. The only deleted scene we know of was this scene of Lex Luthor in like an alien ship, and they teased at some larger Justice League universe. They were hinting at like the new gods, so basically like Darkseid and like Kalibak and all those crazy Jack Kirby new gods kinds of kinds of characters. I don't know. Maybe it's more fighting. Maybe we'll see more Wonder Woman, which I would really, really love because I feel like... Maybe we'll see more Martha. Or, or more Martha. Yeah, there you go. Martha. Martha is Batman's new kryptonite. You know what I find really strange is that, for me, the content of Civil War and Batman v Superman feels almost the same, but the critical response is so, like polarly opposite between the two where civil war is almost unanimously good and batman versus superman was like unanimously bad and i don't i don't know how that could be if, if... i feel exactly the same way i don't know it's if it's like I, I feel like because civil war or just the entire mcu has a lot lot more years under its belt so people maybe yeah know what they're getting into as opposed to dc where they dropped the ball for X amount of years. They had to play catch up. And plus, they're, how they're approaching it is they're trying to backdoor and kickstart the entire cinematic universe at the same time. While Marvel over here, you know, built, spent like 10 years building up from Iron Man to like phase one and two and three. So people have this 
brand loyalty and this trust and they know they know that Disney Marvel will deliver but and you know Zack Snyder in the past has also gotten flack and maybe people are still riding on that wave I don't know I think it's stupid because I, I, I like I agree with you it's still the same premise but it's just very different interpretations or it's gonna be really awkward where everyone on the Avengers realizes their mother's name is Martha that's all I'm gonna <laughs> say exactly Oh boy! And that's okay. the reason why they stop, like they stop fighting. Um, I'm still, I'm excited to see Civil War. I, I mean, I like every Marvel movie put out. I think the reason why I was more excited for Batman v Superman is because there's so many Marvel movies and there's so many Avengers movies now, and there's like so many like crossovers, and that's fine. But Batman v Superman was something completely different, and that's I feel like why I've gra- gravitated toward towards it more, and why it's more it was more on my radar than Civil War is. I'm excited, but I'm not as wildly excited for it as I was the first Avengers movie or the second Captain America movie. Or I am excited to see Spider Man though. That's yeah. that's bar none what I'm excited to see. Like because even in comic book terms, like Civil War wasn't my favorite arc or crossover in Marvel, so. I feel the same. Like, like I'm excited to see the gang back together, but more than anything, I'm really excited to see Spider-Man and Black Panther. Like two things that we've never seen before on screen or in MCU. Yeah, I'm actually more excited to see Doctor Strange and um and um, what's that other movie? What the fuck is that other movie? Who's uh... what's another? Name me a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Thor Ragnarok. Aquaman. Thor, yes, Thor. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see Thor and Doctor Strange because because Chris Hemsworth has like 45 abs on his body and a hammer and <gasps> Stan, did you see that viral video that he posted to make fun of the fact that Thor is not in Civil War? No. Yes. Okay, so it's it's amazing. So it's Thor working out in the gym. He's like doing like these crazy pull ups both have with both hands, and then he starts doing it with one hand, and he's just riffing like. Like, like, I'm Thor. I'm awesome. You know, I got biceps. I'm a god. I have a hammer. And, you know, they didn't, they didn't invite me. So, screw you guys. I'm gonna have my own movie. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat everyone. And everyone's like, oh shit. Thor's, he's throwing down the gauntlet. And it's, it's a beautiful video. I will, I'll put that in the show notes. Like, right, you know what I'm talking about, right? I know, I do. It was absolutely, yes. Just, yes. Yes. All of the yes. Just two, 200% of Asgardian beefcake. Ass. Just, oh, Asgardian I'm, beefcake. Thor is like one of my surprise favorites from out of the MCU because I, I had no interest in Thor as a character before the movies came out. And I and I purposely didn't see the first Thor movie because I was like, I, I don't hate Thor. Like, Thor's why would I want to watch a Thor movie? And then I saw it before Avengers came out. I was like, wow, this is actually... Because I had no expectation. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. I like the Rainbow Bridge. I had like the whole the whole dialect and the hammer stuff. And then I started reading the comics and now I'm like a a huge Thor fan that I wasn't before. And I really enjoy Jane Foster as Thor right now. And so I just, I really like Thor and nobody, nobody enjoyed dark world, but I did. (laughs) I did, but that's mostly because I'm a Loki fan and I was like, Oh, my poor little baby. Yeah, I'm a Loki Trapped fan. Trapped in a box. Just, I, I really enjoyed the cliffhanger ending at a Thor Dark World where 
something bad happened to Odin, and Loki's now on the throne of Asgard, and he's disguised himself as Lo- as Odin. Yeah, I it's thought like, that was really shit. cool. I was, a cool I was screaming when that happened. I was like, I should have known you little shit. I was so <laughs> mad and so happy at the same time. That was, that was a great ending. And and I thought it was great that they were teaming up throughout the majority of the movie. Thor Brotherly Loki. love. Um, I heard Hulk might be in Ragnarok. Is that true? I've heard, okay, see, I'm not going to trust anything I hear about Hulk right now because I've heard so many different things. About Hulk appearing in Ragnarok, his own movie, Civil War, not appearing in Civil War. Do it like I've just heard so many back and forth about Hulk. I will just wait until I see him in whatever I'm seeing him in. Yeah, but I think that'd at be this really, point I don't trust shit. I think it'd be really awesome though if he was in Ragnarok, Thor and and Hulk teaming up. That would no, it would absolutely be awesome because again. Hulk just fucked off at the end of the second yeah. Avengers movie. So yeah, he, he was in the well Quinjet. Like peace out. Right, he very well could end up being in Ragnarok, which I, I would love. I, I'm obsessed with Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner. I really, 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 really want him to yeah, have I mean, his standalone movie. But we know the history with standalone Hulk movies. So I, I feel like Ruffalo could could really do an amazing Hulk. He thing. absolutely could. I was I I was nervous when they said he was going to be the Hulk, and then as soon as I saw him, I instantly fell in love. I was like, he is Bruce Banner. He is the Hulk. Yeah, this is here. it. We're done. And I feel like they, they've bumped off Inhumans from the lineup, so why not sneak in Planet Hulk or World War Hulk in there? I'd be okay with that. I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah. Um, so the other movie that's coming out this year is Doctor Strange. And we tried talking about that last time, but we lost audio. So <laughs> let's do that now while we have some time. I'm stupid excited. Yes. This trailer. I love me some Benedict. Benedict Cumberpatch looks amazing. And like the world, like we, like we talked about before, the entire trailer looks like Inception on crack. And it's amazing. She's like buildings and morphing and bending over each other. And, yes. And, uh. Like Tilda Swilton as Saitama, like punching, punching Benedict Cumberpatch, and his soul flies up his body. Oh, it's so oh, cool! Oh, so good. I will mm. say this: I understand that there is an issue with Tilda Swinton and who she's playing. Yeah. And at first, I didn't get on that bandwagon until I saw the new stills from the Ghost in the Shell movie with Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> And the comments that were made after that, I'm like, there is the perfect actress that could have done this. It did not have... I love ScarJo. I love her. I want her to have her own movie as Black Widow. Like, I I really do. She got Lucy, but she didn't get Black Widow. What's up with that? I don't know. Hollywood sucks. But... But they could have picked a better actress to do this movie. And that's after I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm probably still going to see it. Like, it's not going to hinder that. But I understand where they're coming from. But it will not hinder me seeing either one of those movies. It might taint it a little bit, but it's not going to like, I'm still going to see it. Like, y'all can bitch all, all you want. Um, but so they're, yeah. the comments that they're making, their they're backpedaling is pathetic. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it, they just made the situation worse when they came out with that news piece. They let it slip that they tried basically doing digital yellow facing. So they tried to make 
I don't think it was Scar Jo, but they tried making some backup. No, it was actor. her too. They tried to oh, make it was, look it was more her? Asian. Yeah, yeah, or like they tried to digitally retouch her to make it look more Asian. It's like, why are you doing this? Why can't you get like Rinko Kakuchi from Pacific Rim to you know? Exactly, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Perfect. Uh, but in terms of the Tilda Swinton Ancient One casting, like for me. I don't really know Doctor Strange that well, and I I, I understand I understand like the whole the back like why the background context of Doctor Strange is problematic. Like it, it's from this, it's from Oriental or, or Orientalism, so it takes place like the white the white guy does the Asian thing, like whether it's like martial arts or spiritualism, he he learns it from the Asians and he brings it back and he does it way better than the Asians ever could. It, it, also, that element of exoticism, which is problematic. Um, so that's, that's that's like a whole amorphous issue to hear. But I read an article from I think it was like the producer or writer. It was like the producer or writer of Doctor Strange, and he was. I mean, I I I don't know if this this defense is excusable or not. But he was saying the reason why he Tilda Swinton was cho- chosen is because all all these other alternatives just didn't. It provided like really crappy results he said i couldn't i couldn't cast an asian because i would offend every other asian population so you know um the asian one's a male character in tibet and politically right now china and tibet have serious political infighting and and conflicts and china uh china their movie market is huge and, you know, Marvel is still a business and they still have to, you know, please the Chinese investors and markets. So they have to be really careful about what kind of Asian casting. So they felt like, so the writer, he basically said in the end, it just, it seemed it like the less business. evil choice was to go with Tilda Swetland or, and, or just to change up the character to avoid all those other issues. So it was a good business decision, essentially. Yeah. But and you know what I you have to I will say this for all the shit that people give these movies you are certainly enjoying it when you're sitting in the movie theater watching it you're not thinking about all that crap you're not you bitch and moan about it now until it comes out and when it comes out I can guarantee you half the people that are bitching and moaning now are not going to be able to say good enough things about it they're just going to love it and it's like they're just I yeah, it's a catch twenty two because yeah, Hollywood it has a pretty bad track record with diversity in general. Especially, it seems like I don't know. Like I knew it's... that the ancient one was supposed to be a dude. Like I knew that. So the fact alone that they like for me, I was like, I'm willing to overlook as much as I'm gonna hate saying this. I'm willing to overlook the diversity issue because you cast a woman. Like I'm all about like if gender swapping roles. That's a huge thing for me. I absolutely love it when that happens. That was one of my favorite things about Hannibal the TV show. Alana Bloom doesn't exist in the books. She's a man. So having that character just made her better. Just made her a better character. So like, I'm fine with it for that reason. <laughs> I don't know. Also, Tilda can just, I feel like she can do anything. She is Tilda, such Tilda a weird- Tilda badass. She's such a weirdo. She's a total badass weirdo and I feel like she can do anything so she she has serious acting chops you know I loved her in Snowpiercer and she was in Constantine Constantine. 
you know, she's really cool. I think it's total bullshit that you know, Hilary gets there's reason that there's no marketable Asian actresses. I mean, there's a whole... there. You gotta give people a chance, and there are a handful of actors. You're just not looking hard enough. But then again, it's like, it's also a money money game and a name recognition thing. From a business standpoint, I could see why they chose Scar Jo for Ghost in the Shell, because even though she, she hasn't had a Black Widow movie... She she was casting in Lucy, and that even though Lucy wasn't that good of a movie, it was it was okay. It did really well at the box office. And ScarJo, she's a great actress, and she can sell a movie. She can sell anything. She's fantastic, and I and I do really appreciate her. But like you know, I'm just I just find it really irritating. That's all. Yeah. yeah. What I am extraordinarily pleased and confused about though is Mads Mikkelsen as the villain. I don't quite understand what they're doing with him, but I like him. Wasn't there? I I I saw. I didn't read the news, but I saw some like some headlines on my news feed saying Mads Mikkelsen accidentally spoiled who his role was or something. Did I you see that? I did see that, but I didn't read it because I don't want to get spoiled. So okay. I just sort of left it there out in the world. As soon as I saw it, I was like, Mads, you stupid drunk Dane, I love you, but I'm not reading this article. <laughs> but I do love everything he does. Yeah. He's great. And till this one, H1 issues aside, like, I, it's not going to stop me from watching this movie. Like, I feel like it's going to be the most, if it looks like the most cinematically beautiful movie ever, like, in, in Marvel's repertoire to date. I will say, I will absolutely agree with that. It, it, wow, it does. How about you, Stan? <laughs> Stanley. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to say that if you ever see the original representation of the ancient one in comic books he he was pretty problematic as a character when you think about it today Fu Manchu. and yeah like i don't think they would have i don't know I what they would have done with find problems no matter what yes that's that's my thought is that either whatever they do it's not going to be good so i think honestly in the at the end of the day going the way they did is a good choice because um like you said ryan it's it's not great but putting a woman in in the role makes it more palatable than if they had put like a white man in the in the role um ghost in the shell is like stupid i think that's really dumb that that what they're doing because it's it's set in japan all the characters are japanese her name is like makoto you know it it doesn't make any sense and so i think i i like scarlett johansson as a character i mean as a character as a human being (laughs) an actor but she's not good for that character or that role no she absolutely isn't but i think what makes it worse is that they let it slip that they tried to make them look more asian and then that just screwed them completely like, don't had do they that. not said anything had they not said anything i'm sure the backlash wouldn't have been half as bad but now it's gonna be 10 times worse yeah. because they said that for sure that was just stupid yeah ghost in the shell it's a profoundly japanese Phil, I mean, that's a given because, like, you know, because of the source material and, like, but um, even culturally, when Ghost in the Shell first came out, uh, I guess I want to say it's, like, 91 or 92. In, in the cultural context, Japan was the cream of the crop in, like, technology. Ghost in the Shell came out at a time where Japan was just, was rising to the echelons of being one of the, the leading powerhouses in technology and you know, with the themes of Ghost in the Shell, that it, it perfectly accentuates that that I uh, that ideal. And ever since then, you know, pretty much all of Hollywood has had a major hard on to recreate Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> so the makes 
the Wachowski yeah. brothers, or back when they were considered the brothers, they basically walked into the studio, they played Ghost in the Shell for the, the investors, and they, they said, you see that? We want to make a movie about that. And, and of course, like there's so many visual cues and elements and philosophy, iconography stuff that connected to, and, and you know... Because it just inspired an entire wave of, like, cyberpunk, sci-fi. Oh, yeah. It's like people taking Princess Mononoke and making it a live action. It, it would just, it would, it just, it destroy, it literally could destroy it. Like, we could kill, that's my concern for making an Americanized Death Note. It's the same thing. Leave it alone. I don't care if they do a live action movie. There's no need for us because to do it. Because it removes, it Asian removes the it. cultural context, which makes Death Note an inherently Japanese story as well. Like, But that's what it should be. And and, and plus, like, the whitewashing, too. And the, yeah. Like, uh, uh. So. Ugh, I hate to say it, but we do ruin a lot of crap. Yeah. My we stance do. on, like, anime movies, like, don't get me wrong, part of me wishes... For this golden age of anime live action movies, like we have, like the MCU, and but at the same time, the anime medium is very distinctive, and I feel like it's really hard to translate into film. On the other hand, you know, Hollywood has had success adapting movies, but not straight up adapting it. Like, like so, what I mean by that, like they take the they take core tenets or t- core frameworks of an anime idea, and they spin it off to something unique. So, you know, one of the biggest examples, um, Max Landis, I, I, what was it, like 2000, 2010, 2011? He came up with a movie called Chronicle, and Chronicle is like the closest we're ever going to get to a live-action Akira movie that's actually good. Yeah, it was amazing. It was so and good. also with Edge of Tomorrow, or Live, Die, Repeat, whichever title they, they decide on, that's based on a work that we've talked about in the podcast called all you need is kill. They took that concept and, you know, they, they changed around it a bit. And the movie, despite not doing that great in the box office, it, it was a really good movie. I think it mails in, like, DVDs or something. But, you know... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like if you... There are moments where you can you can take anime from like Asia or you can take a property from another country and spin it off and make it equally as great. You know, another great example, uh, what's his name? Uh, Scorsese, Martin Scorsese, the, the Departed, one of the greatest crime movies ever. That was adapted from a, I think it was a Chinese film called Internal Affairs. And, you know, those two movies are really great. Yeah. Similar plot, but still distinctly unique. And have their own flavor. So, I guess any last words about Doctor Strange before we move on? No, I think I think we did it. <laughs> it's good. Looks great. Benedict Cumberpatch. He he flies <gasps> and he does magic and flying cheekbones. This could be great. Those cheekbones. Oh. oh, and the fact that he never you know face a camera while taking a movie poster. No, hey, hey. Actually, yeah. <laughs> that got broken. Oh, I did. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's facing it. That's the background on my computer. That's so awesome. Okay. Nintendo. Uh, Stan, what's going on with Nintendo right now? Like, they're they're only releasing one game to be playable at E3. Yeah. The So, Zelda got delayed, and it got pushed to March 2017. The NX, which we still don't have a lot of information about, was also announced to be releasing in March 2017. Um, and then they also mentioned that they're only going to be showing off Zelda at E3 this year, 
which Zelda's a good game, but we've seen it before, and yeah, I don't know, like, everything that I thought was going to happen isn't happening, such as the NX coming out this holiday season. It seemed like that was going to happen. It didn't, it makes no sense to me, any other outcome, because people aren't buying new consoles in March. I know kids are typically getting new consoles for as holiday gifts, which isn't in March. So I don't, NX is supposed to be their big redemption from how lackluster the Wii U's been doing, but this doesn't seem like a step in the right direction right now with this decision. And I don't know if they're doing that because maybe they don't have any other launch games to give out with uh, the NX. But are you concerned? Yeah, I'm I'm concerned because I am wondering what else like what else is there? What are they going to do for the holiday season? What like what is coming out for the Wii for the Wii U? Like that Kirby game, right? No, that's 3DS. The Kirby Robobobobo is is a 3DS game. Yeah, it's a 3DS yeah, game. I think something like that. So they have they have yeah they have po- the new Pokemon game, which I'm assuming is coming out in the holiday season. They have the Kirby game, Rub-a-bub-bub-bub. and they have that Metroid game, which doesn't look good at all. All for the 3DS. For the Wii U, nothing, nothing, nothing. I don't know. Yeah, they're kind of kind of letting it die. It's really sad. Yeah, and I don't. Maybe they'll surprise us. I hope so, but if they're only going to be showing off playable Zelda, the the whole the press release is is worded strangely because it doesn't mention anything about showing or announcing games. It only mentions that they're only going to have Zelda make a presence at E3. So I don't know if that means that that's the only playable game, and they'll be talking about all these other things. They have to be talking about NX. I don't know if they're like, could they possibly do an E3 where they? don't talk about the NX at all, and they wait even longer? What, and if that's the case, then when are they going to have that Nintendo Direct for the NX? I just don't know. When I, I'm mildly concerned as someone who's been looking into buying a console, which is something that I've never had, like I've had handhelds before. So it is sort of concerning that now I feel like I'm in limbo of do I buy now or do I wait to see if there's anything else that happens yeah and it doesn't help that like the news outlets are just churning out rumors and speculations like crazy and Nintendo hasn't really dropped the hammer down on anything official yeah I mean if you if you decide to pick up a Wii U you do have a, a backlog of of games that are, are really good for the Wii U. There's Mario Maker. There's the Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. That shit's hard. You have Pokken Tournament. Um, Toki Mirage Sessions is coming out this summer. Mm-hmm. You have Yoshi's Woolly World, which is pretty good. Star Fox just came out, but I'm hearing mixed things about Star Fox. I haven't, I haven't been able to try it yet, but... You're not. You're essentially buying something that's already on its last legs, and the last the last thing that's going to come out for it is Zelda. And after that, I don't think they're going to support it anymore. It's worrisome. So I I don't know, man. Like I I I I personally got the Wii U around this time last year, and I've only ever played a handful of games on it or owned a handful of games on it. And, and a bunch of the ones that I did play were ones that are already available on other consoles, like Zelda The Wind Waker, 
and then Earthbound. So I haven't found a lot of use for it. And I have I have Mario Maker, and that's about it. You know? I don't know. For me, Nintendo has always been a platform or a console where there are very there are like a limited range of games that I want, but these games have insanely high replay value or they encourage a lot of like they're they're really great for parties. So you like Mario Kart, Smash, Mario Party. Yeah, I, I feel the same way because I, I got my Wii U really recently and you know it just kinda sucks that if the rumors are to be true, like it's already on his last legs and there's not going to be much, as much console support because, you know, I, I got, I got like Smash and Splatoon and, um, Pokemon Tournament and I'm really excited for Tokyo Mirage FE. Um, but I feel like it's like, oh shit, like maybe I should, I, I, I had no idea that the annex was a thing at the time when I got it. So maybe I should have wait, but it's too late now. Yeah. And. Uh, and your best hope is is that the NX is backwards compatible, and you could just move. You can play all your games for the Wii U on the NX. That's also true. What if it comes out and it's not? Oh yeah. God, that would be devastating. Well, Nintendo's been very, very good about backwards compatibility. You know, you have like the Nintendo eShop, and then you have like backwards compatibility with the. But at at the at the same time, though. I don't want to interrupt you, oh, but the eShop, it's they make you rebuy your games all the time. Like I, I can't tell you how many times I've rebought Earthbound and Mario Brothers three because every time it comes out on the eShop for a different console, they make you buy the damn thing again. I bought those games on the Wii, I bought them on the Wii U, and I bought them on the 3DS, and I had to pay separately for each one. And they're they're not good about having unified store like that. Like on the on the on the Sony network, you can buy a game, and chances are there might be a version that you'll also get on the Vita. And the Vita is also not supported widely anymore. But it's nice to know that in some in some cases you can purchase a game and it'll be available on multiple consoles from the same um, company. You know, if if I buy a, yeah, you got cross buy, you got remote yeah. play, and if I buy no, if it's, I buy it's, a, it's still a great function. If I buy a PS One game, a PS One classic. I can play it on the PS3, I can play it on the Vita, I can play it on the PSP, and it's the I only have to buy it once. And you can't do that with Nintendo stuff. So they're, they're even making you rebuy Wii games because they've, they're releasing a handful of Wii games on, the, on the, um, the digital store on the Wii U. But if you already own those discs, I mean, I guess if, you're, if you own them already, you can play them on the Wii U, but it's just they, they make you rebuy stuff a lot. And I feel like... Unless those discs are playable on the NX, you're going to have... I'm going to be really pissed if i got to buy Earthbound the fourth time. <laughs> I'll do it, but... Ah, just wait for that sale. <laughs> I think I think the best thing is to just wait for E3 and to see how that pans out and to see what they're going to announce, what they're not going to announce, if there is any surprises, if they give more information about the NX. The NX might be like the greatest thing they have, they've ever come out with where it'll just play everything and they'll finally have unified accounts where if you buy something on one console, That'd it's available great. on the other and all this stuff. But right now there's just like not enough information to recommend one decision or another. So you at least have to wait another month until June until E3. And then I, I feel like you'd probably 
be able to make a more informed purchasing decision. But you know what makes no sense to me is that with the exception of the Wii, Nintendo didn't do well with the GameCube and they didn't do well with the Wii U right after the Wii. But they completely murder when it comes to the handheld. Yeah. So I don't understand why they can't they can't transfer that success from the handheld stuff to all their console stuff. Why things like the GameCube and the Wii U doesn't do well. Meanwhile, the 3DS faltered at first, but they picked up and the 3DS is probably my favorite of their handhelds ever, you know? I couldn't tell you. I mean, I, I there is something nice about the handheld because it's portable and you can literally take it anywhere versus... You know, the stuff that you use at home. You can obviously, it only contains it at home. And we're definitely of a generation that while a lot of us do sit and play video games, I feel like a lot of us are, you know, all about playing games on the go. So like games on your phone, games on a DS, games on something that I can hold and walk and use and all that. Yeah. Nintendo VR. Where's that? Nowhere. <laughs> because... It was called the Virtual Boy. Ah. dead. Nowhere. <laughs> Uh, I'm excited for VR, PSVR, and the Vive. And I, I just shared this video today, where I forget what system it was, but basically you play the Disc Wars from Tron, but in VR. So you have like a, a light disc, and you just, you just throw it at like a computer enemy, and it, you it, it throws it back at you. It's like, holy shit, this is awesome. And there's another VR game where it's a zombie survival, where you're stuck in one place, and, you can, and they're, like, they're like these eldritch zombie creatures are swarming at you at each round, so... And, you know, 100-foot robot golf, right, Stan? Yeah. But I don't think Nintendo's gonna go that route, honestly. They have, they have enough problems right now with just trying to make a a console that does well. And if NX fails, I don't know what they're going to do. You know, maybe just focus on handheld stuff. But, yeah. Which sucks because Nintendo is like one of my favorite companies, you know, and they put out some of my favorite games ever. So I, I, I don't want to see them do poorly. I want to see the NX succeed. I want people to buy the Wii U, but I, I can't really recommend it unless you already own one. That's, yeah. I, yeah. That's that's what I've been hearing a lot. Yeah, you know, just wait until wait until E three, like Stan says, see what happens. You know, you know, if, if you do, if you miss E three, don't don't worry, we'll get we'll keep it covered. We'll we'll definitely do another E three spoiler cast coverage show. Yes, and we'll give you the news. Yeah. All right, I think that wraps it up. Yeah, we're very Ooh. we we've been right. we've been podcasting for like the last three hours. So go to bed. lights are fading. <laughs> And yes. the pillow boys are around the corner, and some of them we don't want to meet. <laughs> no. <laughs> In All two right. days, you too can play the flower game. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go back and shower now. Excuse uh, me. <laughs> uh, oh, flower game plus VR. Oh my god, no, no. no. Just get out. Don't give anyone stop. An, stop. Any stop. Um. So that was episode. 62 of Super Nerd Pals in a couple days on the first Friday of May. We're going to have episode four of Anime is Weird with Ryan, who is is coming along to talk about Pillow Boys, yes. which is a very, very weird, very weird cartoon about, about grown men and, and not so grown men who, who want to watch you sleep. <laughs> oh, God. And that, that, is, that is the cartoon, folks. Um, yes. 
I'm Stan Godersky. You can find me on Twitter at Stan Doom. 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 I'm Chris Sampson. You can find me on Twitter at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K Y O Ninja for Hire. I'm Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore red underscore horror. And Ryan produces her own podcast. I do! Cannibalism in Coffee! It's about cannibalism. And you're probably sitting here thinking there isn't a ton to talk about about cannibalism. Well, in fact, there is. So come check us out. And we do have our own Twitter handle. It's at cannibalism. I think, no, it's at Coffee with Cannibal. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, so check them out. And you can check us out on the internet on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Uh, Please subscribe. Rate us very highly because we do a lot of hard-ass work. And we like to have people listen. And that's the best way to get people to listen. You can find us on the internet at SuperNerdPals on Twitter and SuperNerdPals.com. We also have a Facebook group that almost has 300 members. We're like, we've been three people away from 300 for like the last six months. What the hell is up with that? <laughs> exactly. Get people on this no, shit. Like, uh, at one point, we were at 298. And then, and then later it was 297. I was like, why'd you leave? No. We're your friends. We're your pals. Yeah, we need, Don't leave we us. We need three, three people. And whoever the 300th member is, we're going we're gonna to say thank you, but you don't win anything because we're, we're poor we're poor people. So. Wait, wait to have incentive stands. We'll Listen. give you a t-shirt. It's It'll a, be it's stands. A great, <laughs> it's, it's a great group of, of happy nerd people. You'll get Stan's t-shirt. You'll get the one he's wearing right now. You won't get the one he's wearing right now. You'll get one of Stan's t-shirts. That's what you get for being the third. We'll send you a pillow. No. Chris will come to your door and watch you sleep. (laughs) That's what you win. That's incentive right there. I may or may not offer to massage your butt. It it depends. No, no. All right, we're done here. No, no, we're done. We're done. Close shop. Thanks, guys, for listening. (laughs) Game over. Catch us on Friday with For Anime is Weird. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. Bye. This will all make sense on Friday. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for listening.